Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I'm Evan. I'm very excited to introduce my first guest. Now, we go way back to a college internship in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, of all places. And in the years since, we've remained close, uh, remained in touch despite extremely long distances. So without further ado, here's my first guest, Christine. Christine, thanks for joining me. Hi, Evan. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to do this podcast with you and to be your very first host. No, your very first yes. guest. You're the host. Yeah. Um, so disclaimer, like we are not experts by any means uh, in, in any field, but we do have personal experience of what we're going to talk to. We've done research and this experience is titled Human Experiences. I kind of want to learn what people are passionate about. And Christine, I want to learn about what you're passionate about. And uh, a little bit of a backstory here. So this uh, idea to start the podcast came to be about 1.30 in the morning. Due to the time difference, you being in Russia, uh, the only person I could talk, talk to about it was you. So it was only fitting that you are uh, my first guest and help kick things, kick things off. So we've talked the last few weeks about topics, throwing ideas around, um, and the first of which is going to be women in sports, which I know is something you feel passionate about as we both have uh, experience in the sport industry. So uh, without further ado, I want to hear kind of about your experience being a female in a largely male-dominated dom industry. Yeah, so first of all, I was so excited to hear that you wanted to start a podcast. As soon as I saw the text, I responded immediately to, uh, saying to you, like, let's go, let's do this. But um, yeah, so I've been kind of involved in around sport my whole life. I started, uh, I played tennis since the age of three. So I kind of grew up as an athlete, traveling to tournaments, seeing it from the athlete's perspective. I was also a fan. So I went to larger tournaments and participated as a consumer of sport. And then when I got to uh, college, I realized that I want to work in sport and I want to be on the other side of the consumer. I wanted to actually create those events for people. So I pursued a sport business degree at University of Charleston, and then I did a little bit of internships and experiences here and there. So um, as a woman in sport, I kind of, I've had good and bad experiences. And the very first actual job that I had, like an adult job was with, and I really, really hope that my bosses don't hear this and they don't get mad at me, but was with Dumb Up Sports, which I'm, I was so happy that I got the position. It was a sales representative for the Southeast of Florida. And um, the boss that I was interviewed by, then who became my boss, Jeff. Actually, I don't know if I should name him. We can say Jeff. You, na you named him, it's all good. You yeah. know, first name only, we're, we're, we're pretty. Yeah, that works. But um, so I was interviewed by my future boss, the VP of the company, and one of the other uh, female managers. And I loved their organization. I loved their values. I loved how they they were so passionate about tennis and they were so passionate about um, doing what they do. And I knew that I wanted to be part of that um, group. So I started working for them and the first uh, month was great. I worked out of the office. Uh, my boss assisted me a lot. He taught me, he mentored me because it was my first ever job. And then a month later, we traveled to a national sales meeting where everyone from the company went to the same place. And that's when it hit me. 
I was the only female sales rep and the only person under 30 in that room. And there was a people of about 15 people. Okay. And That's a, not a great ratio. Yeah. And I was just, I was so nervous. I didn't want to talk. I was very quiet just because I was sitting there like they won't consider me a great opinion. They won't think that I'm qualified for this. Like I look nothing like them. I'm, I'm com like, I'm a completely different world from them, but it was just such a great group of people that they all accepted me and we had a great time and I learned a lot from them. And then we went back to our territories and we started managing that. And again, I had back and forth experiences, but um, what I really loved was that in the office itself, not the sales reps, but just like generally the Dunlop headquarters, out of the 10 people that worked in the office, six were women. Okay, that's good. And yeah, I love that. It just, it made me feel comfortable. I, every time I went into the office, I felt accepted, I felt good. I felt like I was being empowered. And I was very lucky that Jeff should be happy that I'm mentioning his name because he was a great boss. Like he believed in me. He knew that I was qualified for this job and he pushed me through. That was the best thing that someone could have done for a starting woman in the sport industry. But with all the good things being said, I did have some bad experiences as well. So this is one thing that it was meant to be a joke between my client who was very good friends with my boss, Jeff. But when I heard it, it just, it sunk into my heart and it made me so upset. And it's something that people should never, ever tell bosses. And this guy called Jeff and he goes, yeah, she did a great job. She had a very good sales pitch, blah, blah, blah. And then as a joke, he goes, but you pay her too much. She drives an X5. And I'm just sitting there like, if I was a man, you would have never said that. You would have said nice car. Yeah. He would have complimented the car and you would have moved on. But like, because I'm a young woman and I was driving a good car, like that was some kind of joke to him. And it was just very uncomfortable. And Jeff tried to laugh it off, but I was just like, do but not do not. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is wasn't that your sister's car that you then like got from her? Uh, no, it was actually like I bought it myself. And like sure. this is not to excuse me. Like, if I wanted to, I should be allowed to buy a brand new X5, like, and not be judged about it. But I did get lucky and bought it for from a very good dealer in New York for really cheap. That's where it was. I I remember yeah. something about New York and. Yeah, I bought it from, from, yeah. It was, it was actually a funny story out of all, like all the people that live in New York, I wanted to buy a car and I called up this guy because I saw his listing and I hear an accent and I'm like, where are you from? And he goes, Georgia. And I'm like, I am from Georgia. And he goes, no way. And we started speaking Georgian. So he gave me like an amazing price. Using your connections or well, random connections. Yeah. So um, I know that was one negative experience that you've had, but I mean, I remember talking to you and hearing about Jeff and how great he was uh, um, as a mentor and kind of getting you in the industry. But I kind of want to take it back to how we originally met um, in Wisconsin, working for the collegiate Woodbat team there and really touch on the team now because, you know, we have some very 
personal experiences and they've done some really great things and I kind of want to highlight what they've done, um, especially being a largely female dominated front office and the only one in the North League. Yeah, I'm, our coworkers, um, I am sure they don't mind what we say their names, but yeah. Hannah, Chloe and Val and uh, Liesl and Mac, they like so many women worked in that office and they did so great. Hannah and Chloe being the faces of rafters now is just, it's amazing to hear. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's really, it's really interesting kind of going through that whole experience with them all as interns and now seeing what they've been doing um, yeah. beyond. And I mean, I know, I know Val's not, not in Wisconsin anymore, but she's like crushing it in an athletic program at um, what coastal Georgia. Yeah. Coastal, she's a coastal Georgia. Like, and, um, she's still studying, but I'm pretty sure that in a few years she can take over the whole uni and do everything for them. Like, she, yeah. she'll she'll be up there with the greatest people in sports, so. Yeah, and, um, you know, we got right, right around four and a half minutes left. And one thing I really do want to touch on is recent events um, in the sports industry, and it's been a very big not a very big shift. I want, I don't want to say big cause you know, it's definitely a right shift. Um, but the Miami Marlins hired the first female general manager ever in, in major league baseball. The Boston Red Sox hired Bianca Smith, the first female African-American coach in the minor league system. Vanderbilt had Sarah Fuller, a place kicker for the team, first female to score points in division one, um, football. And then one of the Super Bowl referees this year for the NFL is Sarah Thomas, which um, the NFL, how they structure it is every round they go in the playoffs, the better the referees are. And Sarah making it to the Super Bowl just shows that, you know, she's up there with some of the best referees in the NFL. So I kind of want to get your, um, you know, views on kind of seeing this this movement that uh, we've seen, especially within the last year or so of women coming into positions of power within sports and how great it is that, you know, it's not just this man, this man's game that, you know, y'all are very capable. Women are very capable and should be in these positions. Yeah. So just generally thinking like, because, uh, because I grew up with tennis, tennis is kind of an even sport. Um, there's just mm-hmm. as many women as there are men in, um, actual in tournaments and in referees like it's very equal so I was never um I never experienced that being pushed down because I I was a woman but then when I came to the U.S. and I started like following my friends watching baseball and then watching football and watching those games where just all men on the field or as refs or as anything it was just kind of a little bit um it, it put me down a little bit but in the last few years, seeing so many women coming into the sport and dominating it and becoming experts and becoming um, general managers and head coaches is just, it's an amazing experience and it's amazing to see. Yeah. And it's also just a motive, you know, motivating factor. I mean, someone like an impressionable you at a young age growing up, you know, watching tennis and watching female stars and watching I'm just gonna throw throw names out there, but the you know Serena and Venus Williams, like watching them crush it day in day out, and being the faces of tennis at a very young age, and being being women, and you know yeah. not apologizing for it. Yeah, and I, I think you're very right about that. Where like for me, I always had those female role models. I had Sharapova to look up to. I have Kuznetsova. Like I had so many uh, female athletes to look up to. 
and now it's kind of it i'm starting to realize that a lot of women that don't like women's sports that like what what are called i'm doing air marks men's sports they don't have those role models and i'm i'm hoping to see that soon the like athletes will become just athletes not based on gender but just based on their abilities so like yeah. girls will have other girls to look up, uh, look up to in nfl or mlb or something else like i i just hope that that transition will happen soon yeah i mean i i'm completely on board with that and you know going like i love when you know women that are in the sports are unapologetic that they're there and they know that they have the right to be there um you know it should never be they should never feel out of place or feel as you did where you're in a room um and you're one of the only females in the room and and get shy and get quiet because they have just as much of right as anyone else to be in that room yeah i think that's a great mindset and that's a mindset that everyone should have so uh, I'd like to thank you for touching on your experience uh, being in the sports industry, um, but I know you're also very passionate about health and wellness, and I've seen your Instagram stories. You crush yeah. it with those, with yoga. Uh, I wish I was as flexible, um, and I know when I, like, you put me through a couple workouts, I kicked my butt, so, you know, this is also another another big topic, especially today, health and wellness, and in the time of COVID, you know, right now, the United yeah. States, like we're in shutdown, um, still. The world isn't shut later. down. So. The world is, world isn't shut down. So, I, I kind of want to throw it to you and have you kind of take the reins and talk about um, health and wellness from your perspective. So, like again, going back to the fact that my whole life I've been playing tennis and I've been I grew up in the sport. Um, I was more athletic than most of my female classmates but I never really paid attention to it that much. I was just like, I was a kid, I was playing around. It was just my way of being. And then when I like, when I got to college, I start realizing that I'm actually not that healthy. The fact that I played a sport didn't mean that I was in a, like in a good health position. I was actually quite overweight. I was not feeling great. I had mood swings. I had uh, back pains. I had shoulder pain. Like it was just all over the place. And um, when I got to, when quarantine started in March, oh my God, that's almost a year ago. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> almost a year. But yeah, when quarantine started in March, I was working from home and um, my job, like I was still working, but there was nothing to do because like everything was closed. And I know that everyone in the world feels the same way, but like I had no idea what to do with myself. Like I was complete, I was tired. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was honestly depressed because it was just, I had no motivation. So I decided to actually do something about it. And um, I'm sorry, there's a, the doorbell is ringing. My mom got it though. <laughs> but um, so I started working out again. And that had been about a year after I completely stopped playing tennis. Like after graduation from college, I completely, I ditched it. I played maybe once a month, like against a wall or something. But um, I started working out again and it started very slow. And this is where, again, I'm not a professional about this. So I'm just telling you guys my experience, but it started with me just going for a walk because I was not in shape to run. 
And then after I started get after the walk started being a little bit too easy, I started running, but it became from like, I would not be able to run a kilometer straight. A kilometer is about 0.6 miles for Americans. But um, yeah, like I could not run that straight. I would like run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. And it was just, at times it was very difficult for me to actually get up in the morning and be like, today I have to go for a run or like today I have to do this. So I just kept pushing myself. I kept saying like, you got to do this. Like it's going to make you feel better. And then what I started, I wasn't noticing at a time, but in the uh, long run, I saw it. It like the workouts became easier for me. So I started making them harder. And then those hard workouts started becoming easier again. And to the point where last March, I couldn't run a mile in a row. And my time was about 25 minutes for like a two mile loop. And then this was like my achievement because we had to do this fitness test in college and I never passed it. I ran two miles under 15 minutes. That's the progress that I, yeah, that's the progress that I saw in myself. And like, I saw changes in my body. I started feeling better. I like, I'm gen this is not me trying to sell sport to someone. I genuinely feel happier. I haven't had mood swings since I started working out. It's just, it makes, it makes you like, you don't, you it's don't have to be a, yeah, it's endorphins, but like, you don't have to be a super guy, like Superman. You don't have to be lifting 200 pounds uh, to be like a huge jock and feel happy. No, like a walk a day can make you better. Like it can make you feel better. So, and it's, I always start from th something small. I just want to tell people that that physical exercise actually makes you feel better mentally and makes you a happier human being and it's good for your health like you're gonna live longer who doesn't want to live longer right but yeah it's just it's it's always good to make sure that you're eating healthy and that you're working out just to just for yourself it shouldn't matter to, it shouldn't matter what other people think it should not matter um who's telling you what as long as you're happy and as long as you're healthy and you know, I, I'm not sure if you have this experience, but you know, speaking from a more personal level on this is, you know, as a male, I feel pressured to go to a gym and throw around, you know, 200 uh, plus pounds, or you know, to go do the curls for girls, as as a lot of guys say, which is very toxic. But um, you know. You know, I, I feel when I go to a, when I go to a gym to work out, there's a sense of feeling, you know, judged or self-conscious, which makes it more of a negative experience. And then I found for myself, it's, you know, lessened my desire to work out. Yeah, um, I definitely felt that way in the beginning where I was very self-conscious. I didn't look like the other girls in the gym. I was a lot bigger than them. I'm like, I'm also quite tall. So like, yeah. because I had a little bit of weight on me, like I looked like a, I looked massive next to them and it made me feel uncomfortable. But nowadays when I walk into a gym, I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if you want bad words on this show or not, but like, no, I don't we're good. We're good. Yeah. I don't give a crap what other people are doing. I'm there for myself. I'm there to make myself feel better. And I don't care if the guy next to me is squatting 200 kilograms or the girl next to me is doing pushups for five minutes. Like, I don't care. I'm there for myself. And this is like going a little bit into 
body uh, positivity and something like this, I was always very self-conscious of my body. And I was going back and forth between being overweight to being quite skinny, lacking muscle, and then going overweight again, because I couldn't find that balance. And then um, about like a few months ago, I reached the lowest point that I've been weight wise, where I was, I've never like the scale never looked like that to me. And I thought I was happy. Like I thought that made me happy because I weighed that little, but then I realized I have zero muscle on my body. Like I can't do 10 squats in a row because my legs get tired. And now I gained a lot, like about four kilograms since then, but not like now I'm starting to realize this is where I want to be. Like, it doesn't have to be a number on the scale. It just has to be how you feel. And like, I really don't care if I can squat more than the guy next to me, or I can squat less than the girl uh, across the gym. Like I'm there for myself and that's how everybody should be. And that's definitely a great lesson to take away um, that it is for you. And in the end of the day, it's all about how you feel when you look in, you know, the mirror and it's be positive with yourself, own who you are. Like I own who I am. I'm not going to be this gigantic hulking mass of a person with traps up to my ears, like the rock. Like that's just not me. I don't, but I also, you know, want to make sure that I feel comfortable myself, that I'm happy with who I am, that, you know, I look good in the clothes I wear and, you know, it's being that active fit mindset that you know just kind of helps improve everything else in your life whether it be like stress with work it's a great stress relief endorphins just happiness you know right now we're in the middle of winter and you know there's the whole seasonal depression it's a great way just to kind of get out and do stuff and um hopefully fight through you know snow and cold and darkness and it's actually funny because my mom makes fun of me every morning because i i wake up i eat breakfast and then i immediately leave to go to the gym and she always makes fun of me she's like you go to the gym like it's your work and i'm like yeah because that like it's work for me it's something that makes me happy something that i want to do but um something that i do want to mention and i want people to know and realize is that I am not a professional. The people that you see on Instagram making uh, like athletic posts and like telling you what to do and how to work out, 99.5% of them are not professionals. They don't know what they're doing. Like they do and they show you your their experiences. And if you wanna follow them, please do. Like they, it's just the way they've been through it and they wanna show you and they want you to succeed in no means should you not ever listen to them. But you need to be aware that we are not professionals. We cannot, we don't give you advice. We like, if you were sick with a cold, you wouldn't listen to me because it's like, I've had a cold and this is how I treated it. You would go to a doctor. This is the same way. Like if you need help and if you want to learn better and like actually educate yourself, go to someone who has education in this. And this is professional trainers and professional um, uh, people who actually learned and got a degree in this and know how to deal with it. And it also goes off the point of like, you know, I know it's difficult because I find myself doing this too, is comparing yourself to these uh, Instagram and social media influencers that you see that um, are in the fitness world. Like that's their experience. Yes, they might have good tips, but you know, you know your body best. Yeah. 
and it's about finding what works best for you you might not like i'm not one of those people that can work out seven days a week i need off days because my body hurts and it's not from you know soreness or lack of stretching even though i don't stretch at all um it's just you know past injuries and stuff that like flare up and uh, i currently have torn ligaments in my shoulder like after a while of working out like it's going to be sore for a couple days or two days or so so it's about finding that balance of working out when you can but you know not forcing yourself to go so over the top that you're just you're doing more harm than good yeah you can always use the people that you see on social media and the people that post this stuff as inspiration and as like general guidelines but don't don't expect to do exactly what they do and get the exact same results because you don't see what they do off of Instagram. You don't, you don't see how else everything changes. Like you need professional, actual professionals to like, if you need that help, you need actual professionals to help you. Yeah. So um, that is all the time we have for this episode of uh, human experiences podcast. Christine, thank you so, so, so much for joining me, for sharing your stories um if you like what you heard be sure to check us out on uh social media you can find us at human experience podcast on instagram and twitter um and that's the best place to stay up to date for new episodes and anything else we have upcoming again this is the first one hoping to do many more um and thank you for listening and christine thank you for joining me thanks for having me evan